Tell your story, build your brand. ArtMediaNorthwest.com. A-R-T-M-E-D-I-A-N-W.com. Now, enjoy this conversation with Corinne Derman. All right, today we're here with Corinne Derman. Hello. Artist. Hello. Thanks for being on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So let's talk about your story a little bit. You came from New Jersey, right? Yes. Yes. The armpit of America. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, the Garden State. I uh, I appreciate it more now that I left. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, uh, so you grew up there, and then can you sh- share one or two stories from your childhood? Sure. Um, I grew up in the suburbs, kind of upper middle class type of... I call it the Stepford Wives kind of town, <laughs> like cookie cutter. People are keeping up with the Joneses. Um, I mean, it was nice. It was stable. It was 20 minutes from New York City, but I didn't really fit in that well. So okay. I don't know. I've got stories from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was a wild child sure. ever since I was little. So a story that my father's told me that would, I think, describe my personality pretty well I got a 20-minute time limit when I was about three years old. 20 minutes, and then I would go crazy. So we were at a Pizza Hut one time. Waitress came by. 20 minutes passed, and I took the plate, and I discus threw it. Hit the waitress in the back of the head. And then the waitress was threatening to call the cops on my dad because she didn't think I had the arm strength to do it. Oh, my God. So that's New Jersey childhood. (laughs) Like a little rager that I was. Yeah. Okay. And then you turn that into art at some point in time? <laughs> Had to put the energy somewhere. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So how did you get started with art? Okay. So I just started drawing ever since I was little. Like crayons, markers, whatever. I was fidgety. I would either be climbing stuff or playing tinkering or whatnot. So I, it must have been two, one, something like that. Whenever I can get crayons, just starting to play with stuff. But I really started getting into it when I watched Saturday morning cartoons. I would have a pen and or pay, pencil, a notebook in front of me, and I would just watch TV and try to replicate the anime or the cartoons. Um, yeah, Dragon Ball Z <laughs> or uh, Sailor Moon. I really love Japanese anime. Nice. Yeah. So that's how I kind of started. And then I just kept going from there. It was like I would have conversations with people. I would be in school. I would be in class. And all the margins on my notebooks would have doodles. (laughs) It's like I just, I had to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's serving you. Mm -hmm. So how does an artist develop the skills that you've developed? Uh, Doodling? constantly yeah so it's it's the practice um and I I was lucky where my mother saw that since I did it all the time she was like well let's sign her up for art classes so I got to take a couple of good drawing classes I kept it up through high school um art was kind of my my thing I'm like okay I'm good at something might as well keep doing it so I got to pick up a lot of things just from practicing playing around Mm -hmm. but the art classes were really cool like learning theory or learning how light and shadow affects things and it was learning some of those basic principles like composition how to make something look like it's in perspective Mm -hmm. fairly correctly looking at it made me look at the world a little bit differently too just learning about lines and shapes and how we combine them and how we can replicate something in 3d that could be moving capture that with our eyes and translate it on paper so it's like now we have the internet right so that's so (laughs) cool i go crazy when I see a new art style online, like the, the um, acrylic drippy stuff, uh, uh-huh. where you pour a bunch of paint into a cup 
and you just kind of splotch it. You just throw it on a canvas that could be spinning or stationary. Uh, and if you mix oils with it, the paint comes up a little bit differently. So it makes this beautiful marbly effect. Wow. So, and that's one thing too, I got into abstract kind of art uh, just to play. Yeah. And then I started adding dance to it because I'm like, oh, I can add music to this. If it's a big canvas, I can kind of dance and paint. I'm like, oh, this is fun too. And then having really big brush strokes or working really, really tiny, like just playing. Yeah. And when I, and when I feel like it can be play instead of work or I have to practice these <laughs> notes to get better. That's the only way. It's like I, I understand I still want to learn technique. Sure. Um, but I also like to figure out, like, where's my attention going? Like, yeah. and, and play with that. And that also helps me find my desires, too. Nice. So it's practice, play, explore, be curious. And the Internet is amazing. YouTube, thank you. Not, <laughs> not, not promoting it at all. Uh, <laughs> so what else do you do? You, what types of art and what mediums do you prefer working mm. in? And then how does that evolve? Let's see. So I started out kind of graphite, pencil, paper, um, Worked with pens, markers, Prisma markers are really fun. Uh, colored pencils after that. And then it was painting. Watercolors are pretty easy. They're minimal mess to clean up. <laughs> and you can take them almost anywhere. Yeah. Uh, then from that, I went to acrylics. Uh, and I really like painting in acrylics. Like what I like to do is take house paint to do really big murals. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's they're cheaper than going to an art store. Sure. I like inexpensive. I, I will definitely be the... I don't want to say cheap artists, but more inexpensive side, or I like to reuse things. Yeah. So I like getting creative. Like there's a funky piece of plywood that's been chopped out. Um, what does that kind of look like? What can I make that? Can I put two of them together? Ooh, now this looks cool. I'm working with negative space and positive space. But uh, then I got into welding. Um, and I, I went to school out here for architecture. Yeah. Uh, just an associates mm -hmm. for drafting, kind of learning the basics, because I didn't know if I wanted to be an architect. Um, and now I realize I, I don't, not right now. Okay. Um, but I really love what I've learned sure. uh, in my experience. So now I know how to 3D model using softwares like Revit, um, 3D Max. Uh, yeah, getting digital is quite a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, with welding. It's a ton you can do with, with digital. I mean, yeah. yeah. A world of possibilities there. Creating worlds, yeah. That's Definitely. What I like. <laughs> so what are some of your experiences and tools that you've gain that might help others improve their craft Ooh, experiences and tools um hmm. i've done a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh let's see having good paint brushes putting a little bit of money or a little extra money into good quality tools it's like an instrument mm -hmm. um if you're you know like a recorder is a great thing to start out with to play with or a harmonica but then it's like getting a really nice instrument. It's like, ooh, the sound quality changes. Yeah. Um, so the paintbrushes, having really nice paints. I would do a lot of cheap stuff like, okay, if it's free art, if it's free supplies, cool, I'll try it. And then I started working with quality stuff and how different and vibrant the colors were and how smooth it was and how I try to do certain techniques and they wouldn't work because the paint was a certain way. So learning like... I wouldn't be quote-unquote the correct way to do mm -hmm. things, but kind of the... Uh, well, the subtleties of the quality, right? Yeah. Subtle differences. It's like learning the basics, like mm -hmm. learn your scales um, is a great way to start off with. Yeah. So it's like learning basics of uh, holding a paintbrush. Like I have 
cramps in my hand from holding a pencil wrong for years. Mm. So what I'm doing now is trying to practice, okay, relax the grip, move with my whole arm instead of just my wrist. Mm. So learning some of those basics of just how to make it comfortable going forward, it's like laying the foundation out, I think is a great place to start. Especially if it's something that somebody knows they want to get more into. So how did you learn that, that you wanted to like... I mean, obviously, when your hand was cramping, you wanted to maybe adjust something. But yeah. was there a style? Like, uh, you mentioned anime. Was there, like, Japanese, like, type painting or anything that, that you learned that sort of flow from? Or was it just um. you didn't want your hand to cramp? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I would just do it anyway. Okay. That, I would work through the pain. That was like, oh, yeah. the suffering artist. I must <laughs> work through the pain. This is how I get here. Yes. Um but I, I would say, like, painting with more fluid motions. I, I got lucky to be taught, like, from specific friends or art teachers. Um, that's a great thing to do is to find people who are inspiring mm-hmm. or communities. Uh, meetups are great. Yeah. So finding people who also want to learn or getting taught, like, just learning from people and picking up these little things and asking questions. Because yeah. um, I didn't recognize my hand was hurting because I was holding it wrong. <laughs> Until I, I researched, I was like, oh, that makes sense, cool. Um, not any particular style. Okay. Painting, painting made it fluid. Sure. Like when I had to go bigger, longer brush strokes. I'm like, oh, how do I paint with my other arm? Because this one's getting tired. Um, so changing up the style, the, the medium, I don't think it was like anime or realism or impressionism. Okay. Um, just played with all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, at one point you were doing clothing design as well. So other than art, clothing design, painting, drawing, what other types of art do you play with, I guess? Oh, you just reminded me. I got to take my uh, sewing machine out of its dusty box. <laughs> I got some projects in the queue. Um, well, with the architecture, uh, I got into uh, building. So I've built a tiny house with help from, I wouldn't have been able to do it alone, help from Google and YouTube and the community around me. Um, A woman wanted it for herself just to be able to afford like uh, a a better lifestyle. So you're thriving, not surviving. Right. (laughs) So that became a volunteer project through school, a labor of love. I learned how to put two pieces of wood together without busting my finger, Um, how to kind of make a frame or pattern to to rig things up. I learned how to do siding. I just learned plumbing this weekend. That was fun. Um, Very, very basic. I'm not going to be able to help anybody's toilet, but I can figure out some some other things. So welding, that was fun. I had to make a staircase for the tiny house. So learning something new, I'm very lucky. My dad's a a fabricator. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can make roses out of wrought iron pretty well. So I I feel very grateful for the influences in my life to help me out. But then I also, I like sculpting. I like doing makeup. Mm -hmm. Uh, Costume design is fun. I've done some set design. Uh, decoration. I've done a lot of different wow. things. Yeah. yeah. So art, art on all levels. And yeah. now I like playing with music too, like cool. singing or just making weird noises. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like that's fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. With the, uh, with the welding, did you do oxyacetylene uh, spot welding or was it arc welding? I think it was oxyacetylene, MIG welding. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Steel. I cool. think that's a basic, that's mm-hmm. a good one to start out with. Nice. Um, at least some my dad said. So I followed what he said <laughs> well, and then kind of figured some stuff out after that. That's so, cool. Yeah. How fun. For your art and creativity, how do you prefer to work today versus when you started? Mm, that's shifted a lot for me. Yeah. Um, 
when I first started, it was very much alone. Uh, kind of like, okay, if I'm really dark and depressed, um, my therapy at the time was channeling it through art. So I would draw or paint really dark things, which were some of my best work, and then working alone. Mm -hmm. So now I recognize I have so much more fun working with other people. I get more motivated. I feel more like fed, more alive. That and makes sense. I had to do this with architecture. So the architecture taught me this. is like, I have to talk to the electrical engineer. I have to talk to the plumbing mechanical. They all have their own language. Mm -hmm. Like the construction crew versus the designers totally have a different language. That's why a lot of people can butt heads. And I really like when people work together. Um, I, I feel like I like family wherever I go. So that really helped me kind of, hey, if I can help, under, if I can learn to understand how an electrical engineer draws, what their terminology is, what they maybe see, cool and maybe if they can see a little bit what i see we can work together in tandem and it becomes easier yeah so i'm all about easy yeah. and fun nice so that's my thing too now is i want to find and explore with more people either beginners really experience different mediums different types of art i've never even learned mm -hmm. um so it, it's community it's that artist community and the fact that we can really not only help and support each other through emotional times physical times financial times but through our art like, I really like working on a canvas with another artist. Then you've got two different personalities colliding together to create, like, another organism. Yeah. So that's... That's cool. Yeah, that's my new passion. It's got to be... <laughs> got to have its challenges, I would think, you know, yeah. on the same canvas with two artists with two maybe different visions, but mm -hmm. probably fun if it's the right matchup. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's... If I can look at it... I used to, oh, I used to look at it like perfectionism. Right. I'm not... Da Vinci, I'm not Dali, so I'll never be good enough. People would say, oh, this is beautiful art. And I'm like, no, no, no. I got yelled at one time. Somebody's like, just say thank you. That's all. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Oh, that's brilliant. So even the, and, and also listening to myself being like, wait, maybe it's a sense of undeserving. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a lot of that kind of stigma in a way with artists. Mm. And it's also like the artist plight. A lot of people have this sure. perfectionist side, which can be so wonderful as a driver to learn something new and get better at things right to try to improve yeah. but not you know not not kill yourself yeah, in like the process find that balance too yeah and yeah. learn to like i i try to sit and appreciate just the fact that i did something yeah because even just doing something no matter how it turns out is still moving forward i'd it, rather move than not be stagnant right i feel like that's a soul sucker right there. it is yeah i think that's great it's mm -hmm. good advice did the place and time that you grew up affect how you learned and how you became who you are and in what ways Ooh, i'd say so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i got this nice juxtaposition like i like the town that i grew up in was very cookie cutter don't step on my lawn make sure you mow your lawn make sure you have the newest cars uh keeping up with the joneses and in me i felt like that wasn't who i was so i always found the weird in things mm -hmm. it's kind of why i moved to portland um <laughs> So I would find the weird stuff in New Jersey. We have a whole magazine in New Jersey about how weird the state is. Um, and I, and for my parents were very non-conventional. Um, my mother grew up in tough times, and she's hardcore, awesome, hard worker. Um, she likes to play a lot. And then my dad is like a cat. He'll land on his feet. He's done so many different jobs. So I got kind of this like in in the middle of the typical U.S. suburbs, uh, a little like kind of offset, a little left of center kind of upraising. Yeah. And then I lived right close to New York City. And that's like, for me, it was a platform to jump off and explore the world. Yeah, I can go to one neighborhood and it's India. And the other one is 
uh, Egypt, little Egypt, and then Ireland's over here. And I really loved that. I bet. So New York had a very big influence. The doing, the um, if there's a if there's a, a desire, I know I can do it. It's just mm-hmm. finding a way. Yeah. So and and with the Jersey attitude, I feel like it's this <laughs> it's this stubbornness that and aggression. Yeah. That. I like to get things done. I like to be more direct and I like to do. So being around people who are doing stuff, um, granted the East coast, I felt, I, 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 for me personally, I'm very like emotionally sensitive to things. Um, and I've been learning how to deal with that. So in Jersey, I didn't feel like it was a supportive network. And a lot of people I feel like want that, but they don't have it there. Right. Not like out here in a way. I hope it's growing. Um, (laughs) so I, I felt the need to leave. Mm -hmm. And even in New York city, I felt like it was too cutthroat. It was a, it's like you're a little ant in a big scheme of things. And I'm like, I, I want to be around trees. I want to be around nature. Um, and as much as I love this open-mindedness of New York and how mm-hmm. interesting and creative and connected it was, it's like I want to be uh, a smaller city or in nature or somewhere else. So yeah. I moved out here. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Did you live on a tugboat at one point in time? Yes. yes. Want to talk about that? <laughs> the Hackensack. Um, so... That that's that's the fun part about New York is I would find the weird there too. My dad uh, did some fabrication work, ended up picking up a tugboat, a hundred nine footer from like the 1940s, and it was a um, needed some work on it. So my dad spent about six years like living on it, um, doing odd and end jobs to kind of keep a slip. Uh, so so having it docked for mm-hmm. free instead of paying what Forbes does for his boat, which is right next door. <laughs> We're right in the middle of Chelsea Piers. That was awesome. So it was like the biggest apartment in Manhattan. And I'm like, hey, Dad, can I just like stay in the engine room? Sure, yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was very unique. And I went to art school. I went for interior design in Manhattan. That was like my little escape. And I'd be like, hey, you want to come check out my tugboat? <laughs> and that's always like, oh, wait, what? Right. Um, so that was a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. And then out here, there's a nonprofit called Green Anchors that also has a tugboat named Captain Bob, because I love <laughs> the names of things. And that's a 150-footer uh, steam tug that they have been slowly turning into this event space grim shot there. Uh, oh, wow. So uh, I like the water. I like tugboats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. cool. That's unique. You find the weird in things. I do, right? yeah. <laughs> what mentors did you have along the way that come to mind? Mm. I had an art teacher in high school, Mr. Mangello. Different from the other art teachers, where he put, I remember this so clearly, he put a bunch of paintings up that were nude. And it's high school in the U.S., public school. No, 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 that's not allowed, that's not okay. So he got in trouble for it. But he was very outspoken, I think. He grew up in New York, spent time in Italy, um, worked at Oxford. like, And his view of art really opened it up. I'm like, holy whoa this passion that somebody Mm -hmm. has for art the fact that he's saying this isn't sexual this is a body this is a human form and it's beautiful so to say that something's not right or okay don't listen to them so I got told not to listen to the masses but to explore and learn on my own and find out what I truly desire and then learn from people who are amazing art masters so my art teacher was a wonderful open door uh, to keep exploring and doing something different instead of, okay, I know I'm good at art, so I'll just draw something. <laughs> like, wait a minute, I know, I'm not the, I want to get better. And what right. else is out there? And then um, I have like countless number of friends. <laughs> oh, I just think of like my high school class and thinking of them now and then seeing people who are continuing art. Yeah. Um, I wish I could bring up their names like right now. <laughs> Architect Gaudi, uh, Antonio Gaudi, 
was one of my favorites because his shapes, his style for the time period, it's all organic. It's curves, it's not straight lines. Everything's kind of unique in its own way. And I like that different. And, and then he had very, very interesting things behind it, like math involved, the way that nature has pattern to it, uh, the sure. golden ratio. Yeah. So yeah. I like the, 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 the left brain and right brain thing, like the science, the, the logistics, the math, the patterns, and then also the, the creativity, the freedom, the unknown, right. the going with emotion. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and I'm very grateful for my parents too. Just to, like my mother was, she's like, no means next. Um, she's worked on herself so much. She looks like she's getting younger and younger all the time. So she's somebody who's inspired me to keep on improving. Yeah. And then my dad has always been kind of like, he's, he's incredibly creative, but won't boast about it. So if there's any problem, it's like, oh, we can figure out a solution to it. And what I liked is he's like, I may not know how to do this right now, but we can find a way. Um, so that's always been like, there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Um, and I like the problem solving. So I, I really appreciate my family. My, my older brother uh, is a director wow. and moviegoer and editor. Like he's incredibly talented. He knows movies like the back of his hand and the history of the uh, American Revolutionary War. And my little brother too, he's working with physical therapy, um, genius of flexibility up in Boston. And I really love seeing them thrive. And, yeah and express their passion and do what they love. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So, <laughs> Among countless others, I'm like, you've been an inspiration to me oh. getting, you've helped me sing and yeah. like, help me like learn guitar, even though I feel like I've dropped it so many times, <laughs> but to keep music alive. So. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How should people find their passion and start their creative life? Mm. I think it's different for everybody. It is. <laughs> Like, for me, it was just the exploration. I think I keep coming back to that. Mm -hmm. um, I like to, so one thing I'm doing now, because I still feel like, I'm, what, what am I inspired by? Sure. What, what do I want to do is, uh, if, if I like something, explore it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's just a little bit of research, watching a YouTube video to see if somebody else does it, a particular field, um, look at the logistics of it, uh, or try it. Mm -hmm. Best thing is to try it, and I like to do it if there's fear and excitement about something. Because sometimes I will stop because I'm like, I don't know what people will think of me or am I qualified to do this? <laughs> like, I want to learn how to teach, but I've never really taught before. But you have. I guess I have, yeah. <laughs> See, and, and there's the, the, the I can be hard on myself type of thing too. Sure. So it's also wanting to, to kind of acknowledge those things about myself yeah, and, and, and let, let what other people say in too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, like you were talking about with community and, you know, and art, um, and then you're working with a nonprofit now mm -hmm. as well. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so my fabulous roommates that I moved in with about, I want to say two months ago, uh, have a nonprofit called Leave It Better Than You Found It. And I feel like it's, it's about a year old. What they did is they, they traveled the world, usually like different transformative festivals, um, exploring places. They went to a Mayan ceremony by accident. Uh, <laughs> by accident. <laughs> and I, what I really enjoy about them is their lifestyle. Yeah. It's like, how do you leave things better than you found it, including yourself? Mm -hmm. um, like every day, I'm like, can I, can I try to th look at my thoughts differently? Can I pay attention a little bit more? So maybe the actions that I'm doing, like instead of getting a uh, coffee cup, making sure I have one with me and making little rules of like, okay, I can't get a coffee today if I don't have my reusable cup. All right. Um, or asking places like you can get a little like creative with it and be like, can I actually get this to go stuff in my own container? 
instead of you using yours. Right. And it's finding the loopholes kind of in a way because yeah. the systems are created as they are for safety, health, liability reasons. Um, so it's playing with that. And then also consumer demand. So the more that we could teach other people how to live with less waste, care for each other more, uh, care for ourselves, mm -hmm. we can like be the example for other people. Yeah. So, and then that's like spreading the, I call it like the, the, the white cells, the good virus type of thing. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, like if we each do a little bit of our own part, we can totally change the world. Yeah. It's not that hard, yeah. Definitely. And it's it's finding your desires. Yeah, yeah. So that it ties into like the art. It's like, I have time right now. I quit my job, mm -hmm. <laughs> which scares me. Um, there's a lot of other things that were around that, but I've noticed I don't like sitting behind a computer all the time. Sure. So I also am getting back into freelancing for architectural drafting. Uh, set my own hours. I got to be more self-disciplined. That's what I'm recognizing as one of my challenges is, uh, you know, keeping myself to a good schedule. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just exploring what do I really like to do? What do I thrive at? What is my gift to the rest of the world that I have fun with, I enjoy, and that feeds me? Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like that's our superpower. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's exploring that. I feel like we all kind of have to explore that. And maybe for me, I've been having struggling quitting smoking. And it's been like, oh, maybe there's an avoidance thing with that. Maybe I don't want to feel anger. Maybe I think anger's not okay. And maybe that's what comes up and that's why I have a cigarette to kind of stifle it. Like, So it's kind of getting into the uncomfortable or the icky bits to explore that. Yeah, finding but, the root of yeah. it as opposed to in, in one uh, podcast I listened to, Dr. Gabor Mate um, talked about how the source of anything is, is the pain behind it so people mm. ask you know where did the this addiction problem come from and they never ask where did the pain come from that caused the addiction problem in the first place yeah and so that's that's like another level you know or several other levels deeper yeah <laughs> that a lot of people don't even address even AA doesn't address that mm -hmm. you know so it's yeah. interesting oh, that's the fun part it's like you can go deeper and deeper and deeper that and I think a lot of people including myself have thought Oh, once I get to a certain point, once I sell my artwork, <laughs> once I, you know, become a famous musician, whatever, um, right. <laughs> I'll be happy. And the thing is, I'm like, how can I love and accept myself for who I am right now, even with all the things that I'm not happy with? Sure. And still find joy and in, in, in things with that. And I want to get more comfortable with the uncomfortable so I can continue exploring because I feel like it's never ending. Right. We're always changing. I feel like once I'm like, oh, I get it, I get it, the world turns upside down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've leveled okay. up. The boss just got harder type of thing. <laughs> And to make that fun, I'm like, well, that's the journey of life. Yeah. It's the challenges make us stronger. It's the tiny home was so difficult in many ways. I wanted to give up. I ended up getting, um, I, I, I was diagnosed uh, a couple years ago with borderline personality disorder because okay. I was self-harming and suicidal. And it was a combo of like maybe unaddressed things since I was a child, not really knowing emotional regulation, not understanding emotions, not understanding myself. Um, not having support and community, not reaching out. Like, so I had to really, like, I'm so grateful for Portland and the Dialectic Behavioral Therapy Institute and how it taught me, like, oh, the brain is like a computer and we just got to reprogram it. It's learning code, you know? It's like, whoa, that has helped me so, so much um, just to continue exploring. Uh, it's like, yeah, if I get angry with wanting a cigarette, it's like, wait. Instead of trying to, like, what the anger is wrong, what's behind the anger? Why am I angry? Is mm. it unhappiness about my life situation? Is it unhappiness about myself? What's even underneath that? Like, I right. noticed, I, I heard, like, okay, uh, addiction can be a form of nourishment. 
Like I notice I don't have a cigarette craving when I go to like a static dance or I'm doing something physical. Or I'm really connecting with a group of people on a really vulnerable level. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun. I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't know this. This is really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Well, it's good that you got the help and support that you needed to get through that stuff. That's oh, I think it's yeah. important for people to like just take a step back and, and, and look at everything and maybe have maybe listen to some people <laughs> or reach oh. out if you need it you know and to ask for help yeah. like i remember somebody saying like well you know i was depressed once just get over it and i'm like i recognize now it's where people come from in their sense in their own frame of reference yeah um but i share about it now even though there's stigma around it um i mean i still struggle with a lot of things like uh, uh fear of abandonment or um thinking to the extremes mm-hmm. i got to be on top of that um, and it's not perfect every day. You know, there's a lot of struggling with it. But t- when I share it, I find other people are like, I had no idea you do the same thing. I, I, I thought I was the only one. And I'm like, sorry, honey, you're not that unique. Um, no, uh, <laughs> but you're not alone. Right. And, and the ex- this, this, it's kind of like the pain or the suffering other people have went through. I feel like that's a gift now that I can help others, mm-hmm. hopefully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And be like, it's okay. Like you got, you got, you got a lifeline here. Hey, sure. come on, grab on. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. That's great mm-hmm. that you got through that. Who are some artists that you feel people should check out? I'm terrible with names. Are you? That's, I, I find I do this with music too. I'm sure. just I love exploring new things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know what? No matter where you are in the country, I feel like there's always a local gallery or yeah. local artist, whether it's on a Facebook group or you know. City of Commerce. Um, explore that. Explore mm-hmm. who's local and around you. Um, I mean, kind of the big ones. You look at Da Vinci. Like understanding kind of the basics of history with that. Yeah. Um, like Mozart with music. Like that can be fun to explore. Um, like Andy Warhol and how it changed a lot of the art industry. Um, like pop pop art now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just kind of, ex- I, what I really like is supporting local and people who I can talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime there's a showing, a gallery, I love going to events. Portland's beautiful for that. There's art everywhere. If there's a fair or um, a little like street sale or something yeah, like that. First talking. Thursdays in the you know kind of Hawthorne or whatever. Is, yeah. Isn't there a thing? Oh, last yeah. Thursday. Last Thursday. And then there's the there's walks downtown that go through galleries. Um I, I like the internet's amazing. Yeah. And I highly, as much as Facebook and, and other things can be draining or depressing, mm-hmm. I, they're also a tool to right. connect us. I, I try not to get sucked into drama and I try to look more at the tools, though, <laughs> you know, I, I work with my own addictions. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. What is a song or album or artist you would recommend checking out musically? Ooh. So, uh, one thing that I've found really helpful as a drafter having to have not having I really like having music when I when I draw paint draft um with without lyrics was like Tycho I think that's a pretty popular Mm -hmm. one but a new one recently um Daka Braka (laughs) uh Slavic Russian I can't remember exactly where they're from they have a theatrical background it's a, a quad of four people all together um beautiful beautiful music uh, I can't really describe it, so go check them out. Dakabraka, okay. local bands. Uh, is creativity or skill more important as an artist? Mm. Mm. I would skill or creativity more important. I would go beyond that and say practice. Practice, okay. I so like it. you can 
get creative. I feel like we, we all have these strengths mm -hmm. per se. Like I may be really strong at problem solving certain skills, like taking apart buildings or figuring out how things go together. Um, but it's also can be learned. Uh, so it's the practice. It's the due diligence. It's the practice that's more important. Um, skill can be learned. Creativity can be explored. Uh, if we're going to just pull the two apart, I would say creativity. Okay. Yeah. Um, even though I do think skill is very important too. Yes. Like at, at least in, in learning tools, learning the trade, but exploring creativity can, I mean, that goes beyond just art, just music or whatever. That goes into the rest of our lives and how mm -hmm. we think and our perception. So, yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'm I went like roundabout that, that way. Nice. <laughs> what are some difficult times you faced as an artist? Mm. Ooh, I, I would say, yeah, probably going through my depressive, my depressive period, my blue period. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, going through school. Uh, it was an unhealthy relationship. My partner at the time was a wonderful person and whatnot, but we really didn't click together, and I hadn't figured out my own issues uh, and different values and all that. So I would say that felt very hard. I ended up feeling a lot of resentment for him and I didn't feel like I could talk to him. So it was a lot of bottling emotions. Mm -hmm. I think it's better to get things out, even if they're messy, than to bottle them up because it's like a powder keg. You know, the pressure starts going or pressure cooker, maybe you got too much. It's going to blow. Um, so that was really hard. And I hit it. I hit it from there was a lot of shame. I'm like, why am I hurting myself when I know better or I'm mm. smarter than this or whatever? So there was this beating myself up, this shame. And because I didn't feel like I like I didn't want anybody to know, I, I, I complained about school or boyfriend or something before. And I'm sure my friends were sick of hearing it. So, I mean, my friends didn't know I was depressed or suicidal for like two years after wow. I started getting help. Um, and I hit a point where I'm like, I'm thinking about suicide. So this can be triggering, but thinking about so how would I actually do it? The pain was so much for me. The self beating myself up, the I'm, I'm not worthy, I must be a burden onto other people, not understanding my emotions, so I would lash out and then lash at myself. Uh, became so much, I'm like, wait a minute, I have felt joy before though. I got lucky, I'm like, wow, I have felt so much joy before and I know I can get back to that. I just really need to ask for help. And Portland Community College, their counseling program was awesome it's like you do it for a little while and then they'll set you up with somebody outside of the school so they recommended dialectic behavioral therapy which worked out great because that's one of the few I think modes that really help people with borderline personality disorder and I went through the program twice like on and off for three years it was a lot I felt like I needed to go through things multiple times just to even understand them or get yeah. an aha moment uh, and it was also recognizing that I was so much more supported. I learned more. I understood myself better in a space with other people, like a okay. non-judgmental space where I could be vulnerable, where other people were working through their own stuff too. So finding a similar group, yeah. dialectic behavioral therapy had that. It was part of the course where you had for two hours a week, uh, do group sessions with other people. You didn't really say what you were in there for kind of thing. Um, but you're all learning skills, mindfulness, uh, Emotional regulation, distress tolerance, interpersonal effectiveness, like communication. That was like a huge turning point. Um, so that was one of my hardest as an artist. Like I was trying to work, go to school. I don't think I drew like very little. Like my actual fine art or, or doodling or whatever just like went off the face of the planet. Wow, <laughs> wow. I put it into uh, schoolwork for, sure. for architecture and stuff like that, but... 
that would have been the hardest for me. Um, and over the past, I'd say it's like three years now, it's been, wait, I miss doing art. Wait, <laughs> all my energy is going towards being behind a computer and I don't like it. I like being physical. How can I make things? Um, and just getting back into it. And yeah. now I feel like it's a whole new world. Woo! Um, <laughs> how do I have fun with it? Yeah. How can I like, even if it's not, like just play with it. Do something different than what I did before. Mm -hmm. Find out what was painful about the art, which is why I didn't pursue, say, fine art or something. Like yeah. I'm starting to explore that now. And find a different way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was a hard time. I'm so grateful for the amazing support and patience and care and understanding. Like, those have had around me and just the professional world like i'd say if you don't find, have a good therapist or you're thinking about it um betterhelp.com is a great one it's online uh shop around shop around for whatever fits you best um because that's what you want you want somebody who's gonna be there for you and help you out and yeah yeah that, that you fit with too you know yeah, you're not draining definitely. each other too much right <laughs> Did you want to expand on that into life? Like, are there any different points? Or would, would that be the, the challenging part of life as well as art? Ooh. It probably is the same thing. I think very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll it's, that. I, I'd say for me, it's also, uh, like, just continually going, remembering what I've learned. Keep practicing stuff. Because yeah. I, I, I think this is very common. We can learn stuff, get excited about it. And then, you know, I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I'll just have a cigarette over here. I've been quit for six months. I'm just going to have one. I'm fine. Next day, buy a pack. Or I, I'll paint. I'll do this. I'm really good. Now I'm tired. i got to do some other stuff. I'll get back to it tomorrow. No, wait, the next day. The <laughs> next. I think it's going to a gym or something that people do. Uh, it's not beating myself up. Being like, okay, I'm not proud or I don't feel like I did my best that day. What can I do about it now or how can I do it tomorrow and stick to it? Mm -hmm. And keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, like keep quitting cigarettes, keep quitting smoking, whatever. <laughs> it's like keep practicing music, whatever, um, to keep going. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. How have you learned to overcome adversity? Mm. I think I'm still learning. Yeah. <laughs> I like to, I think, play with... Um, how I react to adversity. Okay. I, I try to dig down. I'm like, okay, if I'm looking at core beliefs or roots or things to change my behaviors, mm -hmm. to make me myself healthier, how can I do that about my perspective and view? So I like to think of things not as like difficult or can't do it or whatever. It's a challenge. Mm -hmm. I may, I'm, I haven't done it in the past and I'm working on it right now or whatever. Uh, so playing with the wordplay. So yeah. as adversity, I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity. Every stumbling, like, bit, roadblock, wall, speed bump, closed door, that's an opportunity to be like, oh, okay, like, maybe not here. Or do I need to learn something? Like, mm -hmm. kind of playing with it. I like to uh, say, oh, that's like the universe telling me, like, hey, girl, take a pause or reflect or do something different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I try to look at it as everything's information. Nothing's good or bad. It just is. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm still working through that. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> just, it's just a bunch of vibrations and moving particles. So how can I, I guess, self-manipulate that? How can I look at it, everything as like, there's totally something to learn. So I can learn from everything, including my own regrets or resentments or whatever. It's like, oh, if I regret something, I don't think I've learned the lesson entirely. Mm. So can I play with it? Or sometimes I'll randomly get an aha moment, like in the middle of a park and be like, oh, 
the thing I regret when I was younger, when I was like 10, whoa, I have a whole new view on it now and perspective. So I think like change, playing with words, changing the way that we think, trying to be open-minded, being like, oh, I have a really icky feeling right now. Can I sit with that? Can mm. I just feel it and not be reactive? I think that's one of the best ways to deal with adversity is just to pause and kind of take it in instead of react wow. to it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it's a big. challenge, yeah. but I think it's, it's been so helpful for me. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> what is the most perfect way an artist can show their work this day and age? Oh. Is there one? See, I got that issue with perfection. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think digitally, like getting um, what I've been learning and mm-hmm. trying to explore is, okay, how do I market myself? How do I get out there and digital? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want to make a painting. Um, and making a painting takes so much out of me. And I've only sold so many for so much and commissioned work or whatever. Now, I've seen people put it on T-shirts, their art on T-shirts or on stickers, decals. Somebody else animates it. Somebody else can do things with it. So to be digital with it. Um, so that's what I'm learning. I think... Uh, whatever we do, uh, if we have an online presence with it, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, but it's not for everybody. Right. So I don't think there's a perfect way. It's kind of like what fits us. Like what's the little, like, little, oh, oh I could fit in that hole right there. That's my hole. Um, is a way to do it. But I feel like with the internet and the way it connects the world, I think it's really, for me, it's important to have kind of like an online presence. Yeah. And, and play with that. Play with that tool. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's great. How does an artist develop their ability to see Mm. for me it was through classes okay um it's like learning how to use a paintbrush learning different tools cool but a lot of what i really like is kind of like theory or breaking things down um so if there's a tree in front of us right now like um i can see this as a tree or I can break it down into a way, how would I paint that? Um, how would I draw that? I'm like, okay, so there's wiggles over here. There's kind of a C curve. There's, it looks a little droopy. It reminds me of like melting wax in a way. Um, and kind of like pulling things together. That's a creative bit for it too. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was also learning like shapes, mm-hmm. um, line drawing, perspective drawing, uh, comp- how colors work together. What's the emotional reaction with colors uh so getting into kind of the theory behind it getting into the psychology behind art i think is a great way to see differently okay um yeah because <laughs> artists do see differently like you mm-hmm. could show that tree, tree to any passerby that's not an artist and what would they see i, I did that the other day i'm like <laughs> i had my glasses i'm like what do you see in the darkness over there they're like it's a tree with some moonlight on it and i'm like can you be more descriptive i can't find my glasses and they're like shadows i'm like Okay, if I were to describe it, it's like, oh, I, there's, there's a dark sepia color over here, and then I've got a light bit over here, and the way the light's reflecting, you could show a little bit of the curve. Like, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I really like how people see things differently or hear things differently. Yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it can irk me. I'm like, ah, this isn't, <laughs> like, and the line is not exactly the way I want it, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, explore. <laughs> nice. How well does the system or society work for people, for artists, for musicians, for creatives? I'm going to put my middle. That's how I say it works. Um, It's not really conducive, at least my experience in Western society in the U.S. um, Kind of the office job, the uh, Wall Street type of job looks to be more um, 
ideal. So a lot of it's catered towards that. So when I was growing up, I remember, uh, I guess this would have impacted me, was if I was going to be an artist, how was I going to make money? Artists are dead broke. Uh, they're usually miserable. Like there's a stigma. There's a stereotype. And society kind of feeds that. And then the artists believe it. And then the artists feed itself. It's like create our own shackles and chains. It's like, well, I, I must be suffering. So, because uh, I'm an artist and I'm right. never going to make any money. And this is just how it is. And it's like, no, we can totally be joyous and happy and successful and thriving as artists too. And I think with creativity, that changes the world. It opens up minds it opens up new ideas new opportunities and perspectives it helps us see like political art i enjoy banksy for the political side and the boldness of it because it does help people see differently that mm-hmm. like poetry can totally have a, i never saw the moon in that way before my goodness now i see cheese every time <laughs> um yeah i don't think it's really conducive towards it so it's, it's a struggle yeah it really is i think if there was more art in schools it was taken more seriously there's a lot of funding being lost for art it's like no that doesn't matter the trades don't matter blah 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 it's like ah, that, that's a big part of a growing uh, strong mm-hmm. thriving and changing society is, and is it all matters activity. yes yeah. Uh, it's just not it's not valued by people the, the way that it should be I, I yeah. hate to use the word should but, yeah <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah. Mm. that's the challenge it is a challenge, and the fun part about creative people is, hey, we're creative. There's so a way. There's a way. Yeah, I guess it's <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> How well do schools prepare kids for the real world? Oh, not at all. <laughs> uh, I, I, and then I compare this to the New Jersey uh, public school system. I wish I learned finances. Yes. <laughs> I, I wish I learned the basics of cooking and not just by taking an elective class or right. something. Because um, I'm exploring that now. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. I didn't think it could be fun. Oh, this is great. Problem solving. Mm-hmm. I think if we were taught some of the basics of uh, interpersonal communication, uh, the ideas behind empathy, understanding not everything's a competition, nor does it have to be. Uh, teaching kids at a really young age is so helpful. So finances, um, how to fix basic things like a car, uh, plumbing, (laughs) (laughs) maybe a little bit of electrical. I don't know. Uh, that would be a lot helpful, but it doesn't. And so when kids get out of high school and, and the U S doesn't have a gap year, which uh, the Australians or I think Europe does as well to explore. It's like, okay, I'm told school, don't get a break. I'm told college because this is what I'm supposed to do. Then we find a job, and then we hit our 30s, and we're like, oh, hello, midlife crisis. Because we're not figuring out or exploring what we love to do. I know a lot of people who are in anywhere from, like, 30s to 70s mm-hmm. who are starting to explore themselves and be honest with themselves. Um, being authentic. Like, that's huge. Shout out to Authentic Relating. Highly recommended. Wonderful group. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They have become my family, just learning how to be authentically myself with other people. Um, Yeah, it needs a lot of work. Yeah. And I also see, like, really cool schools out there. I was hearing, like, the School of Rock or uh, (laughs) um, people homeschooling and teaching that way. So I wish wish it was more funded. I see a lot of politics right now defunding a Mm -hmm. lot of the arts and nature and all these other things together. But... uh, Hopefully, hopefully that'll change. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It kind of has to. Yeah. I feel like, in a way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about your current projects and where you would like to focus your energy in the near future? Ooh, so I'm currently exploring. What are my current projects? Yeah. Uh, one thing is getting uh, ways to sell my art. So Etsy, um, Facebook actually is a good marketplace, mm-hmm. and they don't charge you, which is really cool. A shout out to, you know, the the overlords. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's I went through. I want to say about 20 years worth of art that's been sitting in a portfolio untouched. It was doodles. It was things on lined paper, things that I thought I could never frame or use. And some of it I could, but I never looked at it. I just made stuff and put it away. So I was lugging around like my baggage, like this big old giant portfolio. Um, and I'm like, my, my roommates were wonderful. They're just like, do something with it. And I'm like, okay, well, it's on lined paper. That's not pretty enough or whatever. I'm like, well, can you take a picture and make it digital? I'm like, ooh, I can make stickers out of that. I could do stencils. <gasps> ooh, what else can I do out of that? So that's what I'm exploring is how can I make uh, my art work for me? Nice. And I've done so much. And I and actually going over all of that, I laid it out on my entire basement. It took my entire basement. And I was like wowed by myself. I was like, this is really good whoa girl and I went through this emotional thing of like you've lost your talent oh what are you doing right now like <laughs> and I'm like that's shh, quiet you quiet yeah, right? little thing on my shoulder like it's okay I'm doing it now yeah so that's what I'm doing that's um, that's awesome and then I burned it <laughs> you're kidding right <laughs> no I really burned it well so for the line stuff on line paper it was crumpled or whatnot I took good pictures of it okay and uh, there's there's some oh I saw you the saved page some there. of it I'm just like what <laughs> there's 20 I, years oh and, and some of it, I'm like, I might as well get it out. My I, I now hung up it in my living room, and I get to look at it every day. I'm like, that's cool. Like, to have things around us that remind us every day to keep going, to keep working on it, or that inspire us, or that we can really appreciate about ourselves. Yeah. Whether it's, like, a song you have with a, a mantra or something in the morning, like, I am, I am worthy of success and love and happiness and to have community and support and just having something like that just that little thing every single day or around you I think gets motivation going yeah so I've been working on continuing that to get myself going doing art in the park um where I invite other people to paint with me using supplies that I probably have never seen sunlight um (laughs) (laughs) and I find so much joy to see somebody else either appreciate my art and and they find their own connection with it or to create it and I helped kind of facilitate yeah. that. Yeah. I, I get so much Because it's nurturing in a way. And it's, it's probably healing for most people that are involved in that too. Yeah. Which is great. And it's, it's a selfish thing since I'm like, well, I, I want to get something out of it too, right? Um, it's still selfless though. <laughs> if you're helping other people. And, but I totally feel really good. And I get a sense of satisfaction yeah. out of helping others. So that's where I'm like, oh, it's feeding me while it feeds other people. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I get it. That's the reciprocal thing. Like, that's oh, it's, it's huge. It's a sneaky sneaky. Because yeah, exactly. <laughs> sneaky sneaky. People that are least happy are not they don't have meaningful success in their life. They're they're gaining from other people's losses as opposed to gaining from helping other people, right? Mm. A lot of times. So if if somebody you know, works for Wells Fargo and makes however many billion dollars by gaming the system and actually like ripping other people off, that's not meaningful success. Ooh, so like there's unhappiness in those kind of people. I think there's a lot of unhappiness in those kind of people Mm. from what I've heard anyways. I've never been (laughs) one of those kind of people. You don't know, yeah. So yeah. It could be happy as a client. Right, it could be. (laughs) 
I, I agree. Um, for me, I try to stick with my morals. And I'm like, well, first it's exploring what my values are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I also, if I feel bad about anything, hey, look at that. Like that, Emotions are like a compass. It's like, hey, check engine light. Look at this. Like You're doing something that goes against your own values. Hey. Um, so that would be one thing is hurting other people. Sure. So, and there's also like standing up for myself mm-hmm. as well. Like honoring my own boundaries, practicing that. It's huge. Practicing saying no yeah. or yes to things. Um, yeah. That may scare me. But I do see a lot of unhappiness in people who try to fill the void, quote unquote, with money or things. Or uh, maybe if I get a new car, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And they're still unhappy. Right. Or, yeah, like using other people. I, I think there's some people who just don't feel. Like there's a spectrum. You can have hypersensitive people. Like I feel emotions more extreme than other people do. That's yeah. my chemical balance. That's my makeup. So I got to regulate that. And there's other people who feel so minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, and everywhere in between. So some people could be like, I have no reaction to this whatsoever. Um, serial killers actually have it to bring it to a dark note. Um, some serial killers, uh, I, I wish I could quote this, but don't have the empathy, like switch or the gene or the, the, the neural network pattern or the neural connection. And so they don't think they're doing anything wrong. So maybe they don't feel happiness, but they don't feel sadness or pain either. Um, and I think that takes things into effect. But I try to do things where I don't want to hurt other people. I'd rather help other people. Yeah. Um, for sure. And that, it's that meaning. Mm-hmm. When I noticed how, how I can affect other people, like doing a soup kitchen for the first time when I was in youth group in Sunday school, really opened my eyes. And I had that sense of satisfaction. Maybe other people have never felt because they've never tried doing that kind of stuff before. It is. It's like, I want to find purpose in life. Yeah. And so how do I find that? And a lot of it is affecting other people or not hurting other people or, or helping things. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's what I feel. <laughs> how are some ways that art can tell a story? Ooh, there's so many ways. I think the stereotypical, not stereotypical, but the, the go-to would be a picture paints a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a snapshot. I look at a painting per se, like an acrylic painting, just 2D as a snapshot. And it could be abstract, it could be whatever, and everybody sees something different in it. And then our imagination goes from there. I think that's a cool part about being human is our, and our brains are so complex. Mm-hmm. We will, like we see eyes in the woods, we'll be like, ooh, that could be a bear. We start creating the shape. So we do that with paintings too. It's like, oh, oh, I, a sailboat. I went sailing one time. I wonder what this person was thinking. Like the colors feel very uh, angry for some reason. Maybe it's all reds or something like that. So maybe it's a very angry sailing expedition or something. <laughs> and then you can go from there. Like, I think music can do the same thing. It doesn't even need words. Right. Um, and it's beautiful when it does, too. Like, there's something very clear about some paintings and things I've done. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, so there's similar patterns that other people see or that I feel my own way. Um, but I think that's the cool thing about art is it helps imagination go. It's like that little generator. It's like that little kickoff. Yeah. So uh, that's how I think the stories come from that. <laughs> so with... <clears throat> you've spoken about your emotions being, you know, extreme or sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um do you feel like when you're creating art, you have a specific feeling that you are putting into the painting? A certain amount of energy or type of energy? And do you feel that like when others observe it, they can partake in that energy? I never thought of that. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, so I, I recognize that painting for me or drawing or doing art has some emotional, mm-hmm. like, um, I see this with musicians too, like somebody's sure. crying at their own song. 
um, there's definitely emotion behind it. Uh, sometimes not. Sometimes I can just doodle and I'm like, something to do. Uh, as for other people feeling the same things, I don't know, but I really enjoy when my art can evoke emotion in any way. Yeah. I, I did a painting of a, a cat that passed away for somebody and she got the painting and she started crying. And there was something that I felt so touched mm -hmm. that she was crying because of this. And it was yeah. like, I don't want to enjoy it, but it was still like, wow, that really, I, I love feeling touched by that and, and feeling like somebody, seeing somebody else's emotions, seeing some, uh, somebody else have a reaction to it, like like chills on, the, on your arm mm -hmm. or something. Like you get the goosebumps yeah. when you hear a really good song or there's something that clicks. So I would say that some pieces definitely take a big emotional toll. Yeah. And by toll, I mean, like, I feel depleted afterwards. Others, I feel built up. So mm. it, it's kind of everything. But I do think emotion has a lot to do with it. Yeah. There's a lot involved. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, we got the dog. Yeah. <laughs> what are ways that visual arts could be enjoyed by others but are not? For example, like outdoor galleries, street fairs, things like that. Mm. Because I feel like our communities are, you know, they're pretty great. And there's a lot of art and to be seen and enjoyed and listened to and whatever, you know, senses that we use to... Uh, absorb art but um you know i feel like a lot of people are kind of detached from that too yeah. and 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 they could you know get a lot more joy out of it if they got to experience it yeah i think that's why i do art in the park yeah it's kind of like come here come on you know you want to try it it doesn't matter what you th like it would maybe it does but a lot of people say no i can't do something that's why they won't try it in the first place we give ourselves limitations so I would think, like, what I love is the connection between community and art. Mm -hmm. So maybe a neighborhood gathering. Yeah. You have five people on your block. You send out little flyers, and you say, hey, I want to have art at my house. Bring over a craft. I have paper and pencils. actually did this at one of our little um, parties at my house. Uh, it was wonderful. We invited um, a bunch of people over for a gathering. Like, whatever, come on over. And I laid out all my art stuff. And I had two different areas. I had one that was painting. And one inside that was just pencils and paper. And somebody created a game with the pencils and paper because they didn't, they felt they were intimidated by the paints, but they could touch the pencils. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool, maybe those are little stepping stones. And we created this game where everybody starts drawing on a sheet of paper with a marker. And after 10 seconds, you switch. So you <laughs> rotate it. And so at the end, it was the coolest thing ever. I could probably send you some of the pictures too how everybody's personality and then you started seeing something else when it started going around the table again so now this bird turned into a whale turned into a fi i don't know what it is now <laughs> um and just drawing over everybody's stuff and that it was the the practice of just getting something out so no yeah. matter what skill what fear like sometimes you could see people draw and you're like they're really good i don't even want to be next to them like i'm intimidated <laughs> or i feel bad about myself or whatever or i'm even better than that i don't want to be um but doing those kind of exercises. So mm -hmm. having game, oh, like a games night. I think that's a great idea. Um, having more of that with like neighbors. Just to get to know each other. I mean, you never know when you're going to need something from a neighbor or you never know if that could be a really good friend or you may not like them. And that's cool. At least you get to know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think that's something anybody could do anywhere Yeah. in terms of enjoying art. Um, I like meetups, other things. Uh, Ooh, how in Portland, I really like this. Some people display art in their windows outside. Oh, wow. So you can see it from going by, or they paint on their fence. Or I, I've seen somebody do this too, is paint on rocks and leave them. Mm -hmm. So it's like sneaky art, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite is also chalk because it's non-toxic. I know if uh, it washes off. 
and you could do it anywhere in the street. I used to do that in New York City in Union Square. <laughs> did that once with my friends, and I just got a big thing of chalk, and we all started drawing, and then other people came in. And it was like a guy in a briefcase, but his briefcase time started writing poetry. You know, a cop came by, what are you doing? Don't draw anything phallic. And he started doing it too. And I'm like, this is so cool. We're breaking the system. Yeah. <laughs> or have, if you have food around, it's always great too. Yeah. Potluck and art. Why not? <laughs> there you go. Well, some chefs are definitely artists too. Oh. I didn't, yeah. It's the incredible. Art and, art and everything. We yeah. go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Uh, what current or future plans do you have for art, design, and creative arts? Mm. So future plan would definitely be creating or finding a community that can go global. Like use the internet to have a community that where artists can be supported and support each other. Whether it's financially, emotionally, whatnot. Um, having that and, and really kind of, I guess, putting a lot of energy into to creating a good platform, mm-hmm. kind of like a Facebook for artists. I mean, there's, there's, I bet there's stuff out there too. So becoming a part of that and then sharing it. Yeah. Um, and then being prolific with my art, like having a no excuse rule. Something I've been trying to get over in the sense of myself is avoidance, procrastination. I'm like, why am I doing dishes right now when I could be doing my art? What's going on? Why am, what am I avoiding? Um, so a no excuse rule. I could do anything for two minutes. That helped me with depression. I was like, I can meditate for two minutes and just take in a couple deep breaths de-escalates my emotional like heightenedness and level and I can function better. Mm-hmm. Um, so two minutes. If you can do, make a to-do list. If there's something that takes two minutes to do, just do it. Um, no excuses. I could doodle for two minutes. I can go camping and take a notepad with me. Have something with me all the time. Kind of understanding our habits and limitations mm-hmm. in a way. Processes yeah, and, and how you do that. your best work. Or, or even how we avoid work. And it's like kind of, yeah. we're, we're, we're overriding our own system in a way. We're self-manipulating. Because uh-huh. it's like, oh, when I get up, I go to work. And I'm like, oh, I don't have the right tools around me. So I'm not going to start painting. Have it so there's no excuses. Set up the easel the night before. Set it up so that whenever you come home and whenever the creativity hits, you can start painting. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. That's really good. That's what I like. What are one or two memorable stories from your career so far? Oh, a tiny house. That yeah. for sure. So was is did you spearhead that? Like she wanted that tiny house. You were doing architecture, studying it, and then this became a community project that you sort of like led. Or I, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, it was, it was mostly me and her. Um, okay. Shauna, shout out. Uh, she contacted PCC. I started getting into tiny houses at the time because of the lifestyle, and they were small, and I like small things. Um. So when I was in school, I wouldn't shut up about it. I'm like, tiny house, tiny house, tiny house. So one of my professors, one of the teachers was like, Corinne, you want to shut up about this? Do you want to work with this woman? So in case you didn't know, if you want specific types of work, you can go to community colleges or any colleges to see if there's any students willing to work on the project. And so I got a class credit for it because I had to do so much intern work. So I'm like telling my teacher, hey, can, can I do this in exchange? I don't want to work in a firm. Can I just do a tiny house? Yeah, sure, why not? So I first designed it, and I worked with her, and it was so much fun to design. And I got to learn how to work with people and all that fun stuff. And then it was, okay, uh, she just said, okay, now I'm going to go build it. Anybody helping you? No? You're doing this on your own? Yeah? Do you have any construction experience? No? Okay, I have a little construction experience. Let me help you. And I'm like... I felt this sense of obligation and the sense of, oh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in this deep. I might as well keep going. No, no, no. I can't just leave Ron around. I gotta help Ron. Oh, I gotta do this. Um, which I'm so glad I did that because it was so cool. Yeah. Um, 
And so I did a little bit of construction before, uh, back in New York. And I'm like, okay, I, I can figure this out. There's, there's got to be a video on this. There's got to be a book about this somewhere. I, and, I, and I know people. My uh, partner at the time uh, was a, a Finnish worker. He, and for my birthday, he helped frame the tiny house. And I was like, ah! And then it became how to scavenge for stuff. So that became fun because she had a very small budget. Mm-hmm. So it became very creative on how do we get this going how do we how do you find a tub for super cheap oh the rebuilding center oh this and I was a bartender at the time too so I wouldn't shut up about it and so I would meet people who were like I'm an electrician that sounds like a really cool project like you're helping this person out doing this and I'm like we'll trade you burritos and beer for it or like whatever we could Um, sure yeah and so that became like I was in school working so was she um so every weekend for about I don't know, nine months to a year wow. almost from design beginning till finally we found a spot for it. That's awesome. We worked on it together with the help from people. Yeah. Is it on a trailer or does it have its own foundation? It's on a trailer. Yeah. Um, 18, uh, about, no, it's 20 feet long. And I put a cantilever on both sides so that the, the it juts out. Mm-hmm. So I give her a nice full loft for her and her daughter. So it's a fabulous bedroom space. It's about 13 foot, six inches tall, which is... You don't want to go above that. That's mostly the legal limit on highways. Okay. Other than that, you would need a permit. Sure. So there's a lot of limitations. And then at the time, you weren't allowed to have tiny houses parked in Portland. Now you can. They've recently changed the laws wow. a few years ago. Um, so we had to find legal loopholes on how do we get this here. Um, I got luck. We tried it on Alberta. City said, no, 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 you can't do this. You got to get out of here. We're like, ah, damn it. Found, I had a friend of mine who was like, hey, I'm looking for somebody to stay on my land, like renting it out, and it was farmland. And I'm like, oh, you can have whatever structure you want for farm help, which can suck for some people, but was really great for tiny houses. <laughs> so we found a spot, and she's been out on, like, Savi Island, this beautiful area. She could see Mount St. Helens for, like, two, three years? Wow. Three years now, I think. Um, my time's all over the place. It's I don't okay. worry. Uh, <laughs> but that was a lot That's of fun. That's really cool. Yeah, and so That's it's amazing. all scavenged, and that was my first welding project, and troubleshooting even afterwards like fix, fixing her plumbing going oh, okay if I were to do this again I'd do this differently so it was a lot of like learning how to screw up mm-hmm. and get over it yeah and I had a lot of my own emotional breakdowns and I'm sure. like I can't believe I put the header wrong I gotta cry for 20 minutes okay I cried for 20 minutes that's done I gotta fix it so <laughs> and I'd be so proud of myself afterwards that was the coolest part was a sense of satisfaction accomplishment every time I see her now and she's such a wonderful friend yeah and I see her daughter grow up and all that stuff I have this, like, I built that. We <laughs> built it together. The community helped us. Like, that's so cool. I get, I get that satisfaction every time. <laughs> that's totally amazing. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> what would be your advice to 16-year-old Corinne if she would listen? <laughs> if she would listen. I like that. Yeah. Got to add that. Uh, stop trying to please other people. Stop trying to conform to what other people want me to be or what I think will help me fit in or what I think is right. Mm -hmm. Explore me, allow me to be me and don't, uh, don't let fear take over. It's okay to have fear. Let the fear be there and jump. Don't make the monster that I created before. Like it's okay to have that. It's okay to just not be perfect. Uh, but to, to try, to try things I haven't. And I would tell 16-year-old me, hey, good job for what you did do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
How do artists keep from becoming obscure or obsolete? Mm. See, I like the obscure, so I don't know about that. <laughs> right. but, but you know, you, yeah, that's the no, thing. Is it, like you like the obscure that you know about, but there's plenty that you haven't found out. That because you don't, yeah. I'd say it's a lot of marketing and business knowledge. It's okay. understanding how advertising works and how to sell yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does become a business. I would say a great book is how to sell your art without selling your soul, I think is what it's called. Sounds like a great book. Um, I need to look it up when I get home. You actually gave me, I'm so happy, The Artist Way. Oh, yeah, of course. I finally went and read it. Nice. This past year. Did you do the morning pages? Yes. And that's been one of my most helpful things. Yeah. So there's, like, learn about ourselves. What are our weaknesses? If you're an artist and you're, like, what's not successful? It's like, well understand how the system works yeah and if you're not if you're not good at that or it drains you or whatnot work with other people who do i think that's the best part is if you're feeling drained and and you're not getting anywhere and it's really tough and it's roadblock after roadblock like find other people around to work with Mm -hmm. i think the more minds we get together the the bigger the creativity the bigger the opportunity the bigger the possibilities and the easier it gets um we don't have to do it alone so like yeah understand everything that art is involved in like maybe you know you know the art that's cool but there's so much else out there right yeah <laughs> and that's on its own beast in itself so it like just uh to, to to learn it to use the tools that are out there to to market yourself yeah. business and marketing and then also realizing maybe that you're not the first person to do this like yeah. we can definitely stand on the shoulders of the giants that have done it before so we don't have to do it on our own. So ask for help, too. Yes, that's absolutely. Good. That's a really good one. How important do you feel music and the arts are to society? Oh, I think we touched on that before. We did. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so, so important. I mean, I just think of, like, our heartbeats a rhythm. Yeah. Uh, nature is, is its own painting, its own sculpture. It's gorgeous. And I think it helps change things. I think if a society can be destructive, unhealthy, art music anything creative can help change that mm-hmm. it, it opens up new possibilities it changes the way we think about things it, it lets us go into the unknown i think that's creativity that's art is we're exploring this unknown this gorgeous like amazing dark hole void whatnot we never <laughs> know what we're gonna get it's it's when we are stagnant and stick with some of the same stuff it's like nah nature changes let's replicate nature because i think that's how we're meant to be so i think arts uh music everything that goes into arts and there's there's art in everything um sure. that is so important to society and i think we need to put more importance and, and value on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your take on the struggling artist cliche and how can people improve their odds i think you probably <laughs> answered that but if I you want to yeah okay I'm jumping around you yeah. um if i can improve on that how can people help their odds i like that one um because the cliches it's it's there I struggled with it. I cried the other day going through the Artist Way book when I had to get in touch with my inner child. And I'm like, that fearless inner eight-year-old. I haven't gotten in touch with my inner eight-year-old and played or allowed myself to go, blah, like <laughs> any of that. And now I do it all the time. I'm blah. <laughs> and sometimes I get weird looks and other times people join me. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> Let your freak flag fly, whatever, as long as you recognize that we affect each other too. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, to, uh, to deal with the odds, um, <laughs> I think it's not listening to, uh, like society's cliches. Kinda. Right. Okay. And 
like no means next. If something's not working, it's 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 looking at it. I think there's information if something's not working, but to try something different, or or to work around it, or or to keep going. Maybe you just need to push through or something like right. that. Um, it's getting creative with with other ways to do it and sharing. I think if we just even talk about these ideas, like on this podcast mm-hmm. or in conversation over pie or something, I think that's a wonderful way to just get the engines rolling get the spark going and then i found out when i share my struggles my my vulnerable sides the stuff that i'm having a hard time with other people have like i've been through that this is what i did i'm like oh my god thank you i didn't recognize i was like i was afraid to ask blah 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 blah, blah. like let go of assumptions as much as we can or still ask even if we have assumptions Mm -hmm. like it's yeah just doing that (laughs) what skills are important for everyone to learn Ooh, self-care. I think that's a big one. Uh, like, just listening to ourselves. I think our emotions, our bodies, our moods can tell us a lot of things. Like, if we're in a job, we're freaking miserable, that's usually a sign that we're not meant to be in that job. Mm-hmm. And it can actually take more of a toll on us. So listening to whatever's coming up and getting curious about it. And I think that's an art form in itself, especially... If we've buried a lot of things, yeah. Oh, that pain's gonna come up. It's gotta come up. It'll get better on the other side. Um, just being healthy, like that's why I'm working on uh, getting rid of the smoking, not giving into those urges. Getting why am I having those? Um, I think that's really important when you're when your meat sack, <laughs> when your vessel, when whatever we're we're here to experience life with um, is healthier. And and I know there's so many different struggles that a lot of people have, sure. and and it's it's acknowledging that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more that we can work on bettering ourselves, like, uh, and, and physically mm-hmm. and mentally and emotionally, it, things get easier yeah. to do. So then we can take on bigger challenges and handle more. I um, like that. Yeah. So for me, it was emotional regulation, mindfulness. I, I, I think everybody should be into mindfulness and, and, and play with communication. Like, and uh, you've mentioned meditation as well. Is that something that you do regularly or is that just a, I, I as needed? <laughs> Same here. I, I do the as needed thing, but I also, I like to, I have a little place in my house. It's kind of like a little meditation area. It's got a cute little rug and a cushion. It's comfortable. It's the no excuse rule. Like I could do that. Um, even just taking a breath or a pause in the car, creating right. those habits, um, I think is so, so, so important. And I think that's kind of a root of why some, maybe some things aren't successful. That makes a lot um, of sense. Maybe we get into a project and we get really frustrated and we've never really dealt with our anxiety before. Um, so anytime the anxiety comes up, we just drop something. Mm-hmm. We never actually push through something or gotten the help to help us get through something. And so we stop ourselves. I think there's a lot of self-sabotage. <laughs> I think that's also, it's you true. know, what there can be toxins in our environment from people, but it's a lot of us believing it. Yeah. Or allowing it or taking it on. There's definitely circumstances of like just human trafficking or something awful where it's like, no, somebody can't help that. We should help them. Um, but for a lot of us, we create our own prisons. And we listen. It's, and I think it's very difficult when you live in a society and everybody else is miserable around you. No, this is just the way it is. Just settle. It's very hard. Yeah, to, to push get, through to that. To push through that. And I think it's very important too. Yeah. So there's uphill battles for sure but it's doable i think we make mountains out of molehills we are so much more capable than we think we are it's true yes yeah yeah and i love the no means next and it's a challenge right so things yeah. are challenges they're not insurmountable yeah. <laughs> insurmountable obstacles and we're not alone and to the more that we share even ask for other people to be with us 
or hey, even asking for help, I find that really difficult. But asking like, hey, do you? I, I really want somebody to paint with me. Can you paint with me? Or or hey, I'm having a really difficult time right now. Is that okay if you're just sitting here with me yeah. or help me look after my cat or something? The more that we can practice asking for help and understanding what we want, what we need, what our boundaries are, just practicing that is so so helpful. And that connection with other people. That yeah. that should be in the food group. That type of just, just intimacy with others, whether intellectual, emotional, physical, whatever. I think we all need more of that. So don't be afraid to give your neighbor a hug. <laughs> <laughs> what are some social issues that we should care more about? Everything. Um, <laughs> I For me, what comes, what's really strong on my heart is, is mental health. Mm-hmm. And also the healthcare system in this country. I think that's a really big social issue. Like it, it was a lot of, you know, stigma. There was a lot of negative reactions to just me even sharing what I was diagnosed with. I was told by my therapist not to share. That's not helpful for other people who are going through stuff like that. Right. Like, or I hear a lot of people saying too, like, well, I got diagnosed. This is who I am. And I will, you know, there are some chemical imbalances. There are definitely, I, I believe if medication is helping, awesome. And I think we drug up too many people in this country. I, people ask me, oh, so what are you taking for your borderline or whatever? I'm like, uh, air, (laughs) (laughs) air self-reflection and hugs. I don't know. Um, and I, I, I think the, the, just our, our whole healthcare system isn't conducive towards actually helping getting people healthier. Right. So I want that to change. And then with mental health too, how many people are like so hesitant to even see a therapist. I'm like, that should be a regular checkup. You go to your, your general practitioner, you also go to your therapist once a year. Fabulous. You never know, okay? I think it's it's helpful for everybody, but there's such a stigma against it. So I believe that could change. Yeah. And also the idea of, well, I, I got, there's a lot of things with so, okay. social stuff, but yeah. um, how, this has been a big recent change for me, how uh, physical touch, hugs, hugging somebody for longer than five seconds, hugging kids, teachers can't hug their students when they probably need it. It's like this over-sexualization in this country. Right. Like this, this Puritan thing. I don't know. No, I've got nothing against it. Um, but it's this sense of not belonging. There's so much, many people who feel alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many people in this world. It's like right. if we can learn to kind of break the mold of that, anything other than touching your family or or your lover or whatever isn't okay. It's like no no no. We if it, like asking for consent is so important and asking for what we need, figuring it out like hey, can you rub my shoulders? Actually, I'm not comfortable with that right now. Can I just like get a, a handshake or something? Like mm-hmm. that that's been a huge thing I've been practicing. Yeah. And good. that I have never even experienced Portland. Thank you. Like that's been authentic really. And that's been a static dance. That's been meeting new friends and hugs in the park, but how much it, there's an actual, there's oxytocin that's released when we get hugs Mm -hmm. and how much I feel fed in so many different ways when I can like have a really long hug with somebody else and how much I feel more connection and I'm more interested like that person to person connection that needs to change. We can all be stuck with fear behind our phones or it's like, Oh, I I really want to show somebody I care about them. So I'll just wave or something. It's like, I give them a hug. (laughs) (laughs) and and say no when you don't want to hug too like i think touch needs to be changed in society and especially with with the over sexualization of it like there is platonic hugs there's platonic cuddle sessions they are awesome oh my god finding people you trust cool but 
it's amazing to be like my inner eight-year-old can hang out with your inner five-year-old and it's okay there's nothing that's gonna go beyond this there's no reason for it to or there's no like expectation i see that in the dating world a lot like mm-hmm. okay you're making it okay sex i like oh, what, what how about how about hugs in between how about talking how about this so for me that's been incredibly healing and yeah. helpful is just having platonic touch and having people that I know I can be like do you want to snuggle in the park oh my god let's <laughs> snuggle in the park yes let's do it and having somebody else coming up to us while we're being weirdos snuggling in the park on a beautiful sunny day and be like I really enjoy seeing you like just giggling being happy and playing footsie with each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that those are my those are my things right now there's many more but I'm like <laughs> that's a good start that's a good start yeah. is there a way that we as artists can work together help one another and maintain our creativity and our own vision for our journey oh heck yes <laughs> uh, a lot of that is just sharing yeah. sharing what your passion is sharing your ideas sharing what you like sharing what you want to do and, and then if somebody else is interested, asking them. Um, as a lot of times it can be a struggle finding time, juggling work, juggling a lot of other things. Um, and it, it's important, I think, to take a little bit of extra effort and a little bit of extra time to connect with other people. Yeah. Um, and, and if that is just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I've also been having a lot of conversations. I've been like, okay, let's do something. Um, so if you want to see something happen, if you want to see art in the park, if you want to see a window painted, if you want to see a mural on the side of the building, ask the owner of the building you never know put a call put a put a flyer in a coffee shop and be like who wants to paint with me you don't know experience necessary or you're looking for something particular like hey i craigslist ad or something i'm looking for people to work with me on an animation film uh if you're interested like right now there's no funding or, or whatever your limitations are like put it out there it's incredible the tools that we have to reach each other um even like like you do in the podcast you're putting so many wonderful ideas and experiences from people out there. Yeah. Like, utilize it. I don't do a YouTube video. I see five-year-olds, like, doing YouTube videos all the time. <laughs> we can all do one. Like, And even if things are scary, you can be like, okay, I'm going to actually join a meetup group for really, really, sca- like, nervous people and maybe one person will show up. Like, <laughs> or, or really introverted people maybe. or whatever. And it's, it's, it's putting stuff out there for that. Yeah. Um, and, and not limiting ourselves to be like, oh, I can't go to a party if you don't want to go to a party, you don't have to. There's uh, forums online. There's other things to do it too. Get it, get it going. Though. Express yourself. I think that's our gift as creative people. Yeah. We all have a gift somehow. It's like when we express it, it's like we are giving. We are creating. We are we are giving it. Out. It's it's a beautiful, wonderful gift. I think that's like uh, one of our purposes to share. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you've mentioned the superpower a couple of times. How do people tap into their superpower or find out what it is? Power. <laughs> Wee! Anytime you go, Wee! No. Um, I read a great book called The Big Leap. My fabulous friend who has a business called The Radical Pleasurist. She's an intimacy coach. She taught me a lot about intimacy. Um, send this to me because she is leaps and bounds where I want to be. I'm like, how do you find your super? How did you figure out how to do what you do? read this book um so one of it said it's like your zone of genius versus your zone of excellence so you may be really good at something but you feel drained Mm. or it's not really what you like and you're just going through the motions and it's it's like i'd rather be like outside or something um and there could be parts of your job that you can do for hours and not get bored of right so exploring what are those parts that you like to do that you can do for hours without getting bored of. Like what helps feed you instead of deplete you? That's your superpower. 
okay. then getting creative with that. So for me, I really like, I like talking. Blah, 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 blah. I like connecting with other people. I like getting my favorite with art, which gets me really giddy. So if something gets you really excited and giddy and then like you go start doing jazz hands, um, explore that. Like excitement, it's like all these emotions. Excitement's a great compass. So play with that. Explore it. And if there's fear with excitement, do it too. I mean, take calculated risks. For sure. sure. Like really kind of weigh the odds. But push yourself into those uncomfortable zones a little bit. Push yourself into those boundaries. I, I was a, an MC for a little, non, like for the nonprofit. We had a little fundraiser. And I got scared so much the day before. I was like, oh, what am I doing? I don't <laughs> want to do this. This is terrible. And then I did it and I had a blast. And it was like resistance beforehand, but I still got excitement about it. And then I did it and I was like, whoa, so just trying stuff, Yeah. but exploring that. So I highly recommend the big leap. It's a great one for finding your superpower um, or at least some steps to it. Yeah. But exploring that, what excites you? Try it. You never know. And then also, hey, maybe the first time sucked. Maybe it was a terrible teacher or a bad experience. Maybe try it again. I mean, if you're doing it a lot and you're still getting the same results of you're not liking it. Okay. Maybe it's time to let it go. But I don't think there's a perfect ratio or a perfect time frame or like step A, B, C that's going to be perfect. It's different for everybody. So we have to like find that out ourselves in yeah, a sense. Yeah. And we could do it with each other. But explore. Yeah. Explore what excites you. Explore what makes you giggle. Don't be afraid or be afraid and just act like a kid. Um, <laughs> what is your inner kid? Ask yourself, like, what do I want? What do I really want right now? Do I really want ice cream or do I want to go like? drive and do something exciting see a sunset like explore that mm -hmm. yeah and then do it do it <laughs> i think the good rule of thumb that i've been doing is sit down ask myself what are my goals what do i want to do next step practice actually do it step after that okay reflect integrate what would i like to done differently would i like to do this again and then you do it again so you reassess it's like what, what I, I do a, a list of goals um, and then it's like, okay, every week I look at it or my to-do list or whatever. It's like, or my want, I, I want, or even just writing out what I want or what I don't want is going to be really helpful. And then you look at it and then you reassess the next week you reassess and the next week you reassess, allowing yourself to change and explore. A lot of times I used to be able to like hold on to a goal and be like, it has to be this way. Mm. Oh no, now I don't <laughs> like it. Now I don't do this, but I spent so much money on it. I spent so much time. Oh my God, my friends and family are going to be disappointed in me. That's okay. Right. <laughs> it's in the past. It's been spent. And you still did something. So there's information. You learned what you didn't like. Yeah. Cool bananas. That's great. <laughs> than like maybe just guessing. I think it's better to try something than to, to regret not trying. So That's awesome. Un unless it's hard drugs. Don't do those kids. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> healthy things, healthy things. <laughs> Are there... Uh, so two other things. Uh, where can people find you online to support your work? Do you have, like you said, an Etsy store? And I'm getting it up. It's it's The Fierce Hippie. It? The Fierce Hippie. Um, you could find me also on Facebook uh, as Corinne Dermond, Portland, Oregon. And uh, Instagram, I'm also The Fierce Hippie. I am also doing things with a nonprofit, Leave It Better Than You Found It. I think that's about it. Great. I'll yeah. put those links in the show notes. And Thank then, you. yeah, are there any questions that I should have asked you that I have not? No. The only thing I could think of is somehow you having a question to ask me what like my favorite food is, and I'll say cookies. But What's your favorite I food? I have cookies. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Um, nope. But that's it. Wow. So, so the uh, the New Jersey accent. The one thing that I noticed is we got through this whole podcast with no f bombs or curse words. <laughs> I've when been you trying. got here, like. 
I was like, I have never heard anybody in my life swear that much. <laughs> it was hilarious. And, and I, what, what, it was entertaining. I met you like six years, seven years ago. Oh God, when you first so got long, here, I think. Yeah. yeah, I was playing like an open mic and you and <laughs> your parents came awesome. out. <laughs> you are incredibly talented. I uh, love it. Um, yeah, I've, I've really worked on that. I, you know what I like to do? I like to save the F-bombs. I call them F-bucks now. F-bucks. For, for, you know, it's it's my money sacred. My, my F-bombs are sacred. Now. Okay. I save them okay. for other days. There you go. Um, that, and, and I recognize now, too. I'm like, okay, I, I can be raunchy me. Maybe there's a place for that in a time. Sure. I can also, I have foot and mouth syndrome. Many a times there are things that I've done that I'm like, oh, that's on the internet. Oh, dear God. <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's me. Okay. Um, but if, if I, I recognize if I want to reach more audiences or other people I, I, I there's a sense of wanting to be inclusive yeah. so i don't say water or coffee or <laughs> you know I, i'm trying to hold back on that so that i can be i can get better at it yeah, yeah. and then recognize That's that great. it does bother some people well you don't always that. need it like it can yeah. be more effective if it's used <laughs> sparingly i think yes. when it's when it's there all the time it's just expected and i, and I do <laughs> yeah. like how you know the irish people use it sometimes in like uh have you seen the commitments <laughs> the movie the commitments i think so I don't oh god it's hilarious Anyways. I don't think I'm almost any Irish movie, you know? <laughs> I dated an Irishman. It was, yes, I was, I, I couldn't understand what he said. And then six months in, I'm like, oh, it's mostly curse words. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thank you cool. so much for your time and for sharing your art with everybody. And uh, I look forward to seeing a lot more fierce hippie success out there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, you for having me on and sharing. Yeah, Absolutely. it's been wonderful. Thank you. Yay. Find out more at artmedianorthwest.com. A-R-T-M-E-D-I-A-N-W dot com. Mm-hmm.